1: Tomas Caballeros,
2: bienvenidos. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Yes, my name is Pedro Fernandez and I am the reigning, the defending, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio airwaves. Having defended that title now for better than three decades. And straight up today, we're talking boxing history, folks. Remember the gloves, the Phantom Punch, 1965, Lewiston, Maine. Muhammad Ali knocking out Sonny Liston. Well, the gloves are up for auction. That's right, and they're going to fetch over a million bucks. We'll talk with the guy that's auctioning off those gloves in about 15 or 20 minutes. Here, of course, lots of stuff to talk about in the world of prize fighting, both in boxing and mixed martial arts. Of course, we've got two hours today. First hour we'll cover all boxing. Hour number two, we'll talk about UFC Fight Night. Of course, Benson Henderson. Back in the winner's circle, as a welterweight, former lightweight champion, submitting Brandon Thatch last night in the UFC fight. And, of course, Fox Sports 1 covering that. HBO, Showtime Championship Boxing, amping up the uh, 2015 season. We'll talk about that. The Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. Who really cares? But you keep texting me. You keep sending me these emails. Pedro, what's the scoop? What's the scoop? There really is no scoop. I mean, if you had a cat box, maybe with some cat litter, That'd be the scoop as far as Mayweather Pacquiao's concerned. You're tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeart, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network, and iTunes. Girl, the clothes
1: that you wear, the style of your hair.
3: Visit the majestic state of Alaska on an unforgettable tour and cruise with YMT Vacations and for a limited time, save up to $1,000 per couple. Discover the best of Alaska, including Talkeetna, the Iditarod Sled Dog headquarters, Denali National Park, and the Wildlife Conservation Center before your cruise. Then enjoy seven nights on the sun, one of Norwegian Cruise Line's modern ships, offering a freestyle concept and sail through impressive Hubbard Glacier with port stops in Icy Strait Point, Juneau, the state capital, Skagway, where the gold rush began, and Ketchikan, a city built on stilts over the water. Plus, you'll cruise the scenic Inside Passage and visit the cities of Vancouver and Seattle before flying home. Prices start at only $1,699 plus tax and low-cost airfare is available too. For details and reservations, call YMT Vacations at 1 888 45770. That's 1 888 45770 or go to YMTVacations.com.
4: from our Canadian and international pharmacies and fulfillment centers. No insurance? No problem.
0: the hell's going on out here? The night we met, I knew I needed you
2: uh-huh. You know, I can just let the song go and go and go. go. Veronica. <clears throat> Veronica Bennett. So Veronica Spectre, Ronnie Spector, lead singer of the... I Ronettes, man, amazing. Her and Nedra and uh, her sister, wow, what a trio. But they blew me away. Anyway, last night I met somebody special, so who knows? This may be my baby. You are doing the Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing this hour. Of course, we are just six days away from the world middleweight champion. we talk about the undefeated Gennady Golovkin of uh, Uzbekistan, I believe, or Kazakhstan. What is he, 31-0, 32-0, 28-29 knockouts? I mean, the guy's like unbeatable, unvincible. And yet last night at the Little Fox Theater in uh, Redwood City, California, I ran into one of my uh, boxing counterparts here in the Bay Area, and he took me to task on that. He thought Andre Ward was schooled Janati Golovkin. I think that Andre Ward's real advantage over uh, Janati Golovkin would be size. But as far as the the ability to move and, and, and get down and fight low and this kind of stuff, I mean, and work the body. I mean, you know, let's be honest. Andre Ward is an Olympic gold medalist, 2004, undefeated, 27-0, recognized as the world 168-pound champion. But he hasn't fought since President Clinton was in office. Well, it, it's been a long time, okay? It's been about 15, 16 months. Now, he signed with Jay-Z. the new uh, the rock promoter turned boxing promoter. In fact, we intended to have Jay-Z's CEO, uh, David Itzquist, on today's show. I thought we had worked that out but dave said that i didn't confirm so with dave now dave used to be my buddy i remember when dave was like the office boy for lou de at uh at hbo okay he was like hbo's he was <laughs> he was their office boy and then he moved up man and then he went to v- vice president to bella entertainment and he went for vice president and ceo COO to golden boy promotions now he's with jay-z making all kinds of money back in new york so i mean this kid is like did a 180-degree turn and making all kinds of money, but more power to him. But still, Dave, you still got to find some time for your friends on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. So back to Janati Golovkin. Uh, I think he's the real deal. I don't think there's anybody on the planet that can touch him at 160. If he and Andre Ward were to fight at 168, it would be an even fight. And the only reason why I'm making it even is that Andre Ward's the bigger guy. Andre Ward would have the size advantage because Ward would come into the ring probably about... 178 pounds if they weighed in the day before and Golovkin would probably come in the ring about 167 168 he probably wouldn't weigh in much more than the uh, middleweight super middleweight limit of 168 if the fight was set at 168 but what I'm hearing is that the people on Gennady Golovkin's side would like to have this fight at 165 pounds and of course there's all this talk about you know Andre Ward possibly going to uh, the United Kingdom and fighting Carl Frock in his soccer stadium in front of forty thousand people, and all that sounds great, but none of it's happening yet. I mean, he has signed with Jay Z. We're gonna, I guess, things are gonna start to happen for the kid from Oakland, California, originally born in San Francisco. Speaking of San Francisco, the boxing historian that he is, the great Stan Smith, double S, the former head of the Building and Trades Council here in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. He put up an article at ringtalk.com, R-I-N-G-T-A-L-K, ringtalk.com, my website this week on the greatest boxers in San Francisco history. And it, it's pretty compelling. It's a compelling piece. You need to read that. And and get this. I've got the death of a scoundrel up at ringtalk.com, R-I-N-G-T-A-L-K, the death of a scoundrel. I'm talking about Belenke Palermo, 90, what, 91 years old when he died in 1996. He was the guy. That ran the mob's boxing business. He was Mr. Gray. He was the guy that got Jake LaMotta to take the dive. He was, uh, he was all about all these dives. Okay, straight up. I'm going to tell you like it is. It's another compelling story. But this was written by the godfather of boxing writers. The late Jack Fisk, of course, a member of the Boxing Hall of Fame, both in uh, the International Boxing Hall of Fame in New York and the World Boxing Hall of Fame out here in California. And he's the man I named my, my daughter after, Jacqueline, Jacqueline Fernandez. So Jack Fist wrote this story for a boxing update back in 1996. And Blinky was a guy, him and a Frankie Carbo. Imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine getting a call. You're, you're training for a fight. Okay, You're training for a fight, and you get a phone call. Okay, and you go over to the payphone at the gym, because that's what there were payphones at the gyms back in those days. And <clears throat> the, let's see, hello, uh, is this Mr. Cuddy? Yeah, this is Mr. Cuddy. This is Mr. Gray. Oh hello Mr. Gray how are you? And he knows that's Blinky Palermo on the other side, okay? And he goes, well, he goes, listen, uh so and so is not going to not going to win tonight's fight. What do you mean he's not going to win tonight's? He's not going to win tonight's fight, and he's going to lose it in the 5th round. That's how that's how much control that Blinky Palermo had over boxing. I kid you not, him and and Jim Norris And Frankie Carbo, these guys with the IBC and the Madison Square Garden, the three of them, those three entities, they put it together and they controlled the entire game, all except the heavyweight champion of the world at the time. Of course, that was Mr. Rocky Marciano, and his people kept him away from uh, Marty Weil, and Al Weil kept him away from the mob. That's why they didn't fight the good guys. That's what they said, because all the good guys were hooked up with the mob. Yeah, 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 right. Anyway, but the bottom line is the next heavyweight champion of the world, Floyd Patterson and his manager, Custi Amato took a cue from, uh, from the prede- from his predecessor while in Marciano, and they didn't get involved with the mob at all, and they fought a bunch of bums as well. So you know, uh, back in the day, if you weren't hooked up with uh, Blinky and Frankie, you weren't getting good fights, you weren't making the good fights. If you couldn't make it on your own, you were done. You just couldn't make it in boxing. I mean I mean, they had all kinds of guys take dives, taking dives and fixing fights, and of course, this all came to a head. In the early 1960s, when the Bobby Kennedy administration, I mean, the John Kennedy administration, but the Bobby Kennedy was the attorney general at the time, and he just moved in, and they just cleaned up what the Eisenhower administration before him, President Eisenhower, before Kennedy, had started, and that was to clean up boxing to an extent. And they did clean it up, but guess what? They didn't clean it up enough. They just didn't. Yeah, the mob we don't have mob guys, real mob, obvious mob guys out there in front anymore, but they're corporate guys. And I prefer the mob guys to tell you the truth, folks. I'd rather have a guy with patent leather shoes and a bent nose than dealing with some schmuck from New York City that went to college for six years. OK, you just don't get the comps from these guys. They're real creeps when it comes to giving stuff away. I kid you not. Vegas used to be the land of the giveaways. You know, I mean, when you had a family and you lived like in. In, in Utah, or or maybe L.A., or or somewhere in Northern California, you know, you took the family, you got in the station wagon, you drove to the Stardust Hotel, maybe two, maybe twice a year, three times a year. But they welcomed you back, welcome back, Mr. Fernandez. You parked your car outside your room. This is the old days, of course. You parked your car outside your room. There was always something. There was always something complimentary for you. Always something. Whether they comped you a show, whether it was like the tackiest. Off-Broadway show you've ever seen in your life or, I mean, Chip and Dale's Rock and Roll. There's all kinds of different acts. But whether they comp you a show or they comp you some dinner or they cut a rate on your room or they said to you, why don't you stay an extra day? You know, stay until Tuesday instead of leaving Monday. I mean, this is the way the hotels were. The Westward Ho was another hotel in Las Vegas right next to the Stardust and the Slots of Fun. Remember, I hit them up for six grand one time playing playing blackjack, I was down there for the 84 National Golden Glove Tournament, straight as a bone. I mean, we're talking no substance abuse at all, none, nothing, not even cough syrup, no beers, nothing. So I couldn't sleep one night, so I went down to the blackjack table, and I started counting cards with these guys, and I made six grand. And Man, I left, boom. So the last time I was in Vegas, I drove by the Westward Ho and the slots of fun and this and that, and that's gone. All that stuff's been raised. Vegas is different. Like I'm trying to tell you, these corporate guys took over. You can't even walk across the street in Las Vegas anymore. There's all these 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 barriers, and they're supposed to prevent people from getting run over. And I understand that that these drunk fools run out in the street on the strip. I understand all that kind. All right, but you know, for those of us like want to get across the street, why should we have to walk two blocks north to go across the street a half a block east? It just doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, it was fruitless on my part. As far as walking around Las Vegas, trying to learn the new Las Vegas, I don't want to know the new Las Vegas. I prefer the old Las Vegas, folks. I'm talking about Caesar's Palace. When Caesar's Palace was king, they threw all the fights. Billie Jean King, Bobby Riggs. I can go on and on. Evil Knievel jumping over the, uh, the waterfall. I mean, it was all happening. Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas. Las Vegas was king. Now Las Vegas, what can I say? A bunch of bunk buffets and... Donnie and Marie, that's about it. Of course, Penn and Teller. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, this is the longest running fight show in industry. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 30-plus years now. We're live on iHeart, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, Sports Byline, iTunes. Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com. Man, there's a plethora of Internet platforms to listen to this show on. And, of course, you can take Ring Talk anywhere you go if you download the iHeartRadio app at iHeartRadio.com. And you can take Ring Talk via your smartphone or your tablet anywhere you go 24-7 around the world. All the best. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 30-plus years now, kicking ass on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network.
6: Call Lear Capital now. 800-631-9229.
8: If you're looking for the perfect dentist to fit your needs, you need to call the Find My Dentist Hotline. We're a free service that finds quality local dentists matched exclusively to your needs. We've been helping customers just like you find the perfect dentist since 1986. Many people want to go to a dentist, but they don't know how to find one that's right for them. So we do all the searching for you. With thousands of quality dentists nationwide, whatever you need, we can help you. From basic services like getting your teeth clean to teeth whitening, getting dentures, braces, and more. Basically, if it involves your mouth, we can find the best dentist for you. We're here 24 hours a day to help, and we even have Spanish agents available. So call now. Call 800-503-3735. 800-503-3735. 800-503-3735. 800-503-3735. That's 800-503-3735. Now more of Ring Talk. With
1: Pedro Fernandez. I'm getting tired of people running from me in the ring. Mike Tyson, uh Holy Field, you a bunch of bums. Stand up and be a man and fight a real fight.
9: Darkest of night with the moon shining bright. There's a step going strong, a lot of things going on. The man on the eye has an air of grim power. The dudes have ended him for so long. Oh super
2: clay. Here I sit. 30-plus years now, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the Radio Airways. Of course, that, that interview uh, coming into that segment there was me and George Foreman back in 1990. Take that back in 1989 doing live national television on, uh, what was it? It was, uh, oh, Fox Entertainment Network. One of those. I forget what network was. It was incredible. We had a great time, and George was a was a character. But, you know, George is not the guy that you guys think he is. I mean, the guy selling the the cheeseburgers and the grills and all that kind of good stuff, he's not not a nice guy. He's not. I mean, in real life, he's a tough, tough, mean, hardened guy. And I know you find that hard to believe, but, you know, from all the hype and the Wendy's burgers and all that kind of good stuff, but I've been with George Foreman. I've seen George Foreman beat up on sparring partners my size, and I weigh like a 165 pounds. He was like 220, 225, just pummeling 165 pound guys. One day when he fought, when he uh, Jerry Corey was in town here sparring at Newman's Gym in San Francisco, uh, Foreman was upset that Corey was getting all this press recognition, and he what did he do? He went out there, he destroyed three sparring partners, and then Corey came out and you know boxed nicely for a few rounds and did some interviews with the press and that. But George. Always a guy that, how can I put this, he wanted to be in control. There's never been a, a bigger control freak, I think, in in boxing than George Foreman. He wants to control everything, okay? And that, of course, led to him going to uh, Zaire, Africa, and fighting Muhammad Ali. And, of course, he tried to control that, but the president jumped in and said, no, 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 no. What happened, Foreman got cut like a month before the fight or two weeks before the fight, and he wanted to go back to the United States in order to heal and this and that. And the president, Mobutu, said, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. I've got too much money invested here. In fact, I think Don King went to him and said, pull this guy's passport. Pull his passport. But George Foreman, not the great, good guy that everybody thinks he is. Now, on the flip side, Sonny Charles Liston, world heavyweight champion, of course, uh, defended that title against Floyd Patterson, and that was it. Of course, lost to Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay in his next fight, but he, he was a huge favorite going into the the, the Patterson fights, knocked Patterson out twice in the first round. And, and, you know, Patterson was so humiliated by this. And Floyd was an honest guy. Floyd was a good guy. I spent some time with Floyd back in 1995 in Kansas City when I almost took some guy's head off in a fight. And Floyd said, I knew you were telling, I knew you were, what do he say? I knew you meant business, son. That's why I cleared the area out, because I knew you meant business. Because I told this guy, uh, Jack Jack Russell, he was uh, Buster Douglas's trainer back for the the, uh, the meltdown, of course, with Buster Douglas against Evander Holyfield late in 1990 after beating Mike Tyson earlier in the year. But he had made some some cracks about me and, and left him on somebody's answering machine. So here I catch up with the guy. He's sitting in a booth at this weigh-in in Kansas City for Tommy Morrison and Razor Ruddock in June of 1995. And I just called him out. I said, get up, man, let's go right now. Okay, and of course, he wiggled around. He wouldn't get up, but Floyd cleared the area for me. It was sort of cool. When you have the heavyweight champ of the world, Clear the area for you to fight. That's that's pretty damn cool. It really is. Anyway, back to Charles Sonny Liston. I'll tell you about Sonny. He was the last client of Davy Pearl. Davy Pearl was his manager, and of course, Davy Pearl, the the renowned bellboy turned referee. He was the referee that stopped the Tommy Hearns Sugar Ray Leonard fight in September of 1981 in the 14th round when Leonard was uh, when Hearns was battered against ropes and was uh, was helpless. And he jumped in to stop the fight. Of course, no dispute there from Emmanuel Stewart or Tommy Hearns. Ray Leonard went on to wor- world welterweight supremacy. But you know, Pearl was an honest guy, and he told me that when Sonny died, there was a lot of suspicions around Sonny dying, but it wasn't heroin. You know, and that was the the knock that Sonny Liston had had OD'd on heroin. Well, I couldn't find any heroin in, in, his, in his autopsy. In his autopsy report, there was no heroin. There was a little marijuana in the system. They found a a little marijuana in the room, okay, where he died. Of course, he died in his own house circa uh, New Year's Eve 1970. In fact, he was supposed to be at a party at Johnny Taco's house. Uh, Take take it back at Johnny Taco's gym on Charleston Main Street in in Las Vegas. That is still standing, still named Johnny Taco's ringside gym, but Johnny's been gone a few years now. But he was supposed to be at a party at Johnny's house, and he didn't show up. So when he didn't show up, Johnny and somebody else went over to the house and they knocked on the door and nobody answered and he finally got a key from the old lady and they went in and they found Sonny nude on the bed, dead. Nude on the bed with his underwear down around his knees. Now, I don't want to sound pornographic or anything like that, but I'm just going to be real with you here, okay? If you've got a guy on a bed, nude, with his shorts down around his ankles, there's probably a good chance... He was uh, having fun. So what I'm trying to say is I'm going to end all the controversy involving Sonny Liston's death right now by telling you straight up, he came and went at the same time. That's just the way it went down. Of course, we'll be talking about Sonny's gloves. and Take it back to the gloves won by Muhammad Ali when he fought Sonny Liston the second time in 1965. Lewis in Maine. It was, it was so controversial. I mean, you know, people were saying the fight was a fix, and my old man told me he saw the punch land. OK, uh, Larry Merchant told me he saw the punch land. He was a little suspicious at first, but when he watched the replays, the punch did land. And when you land a punch, when you land a punch with blinding speed, here's what's up. When a punch comes with blinding speed, it doesn't really have to be all that powerful, especially if it catches you cold and it catches you off guard. And I think that's what Liston was. Liston was cold. He was off guard. <clears throat> and the third thing was Liston was an old man. Liston was was much older than people say he was. I've had guys say that, you know, when he fought Ali the second time, he was 38. I've had guys say that he was 32. I've had other guys tell me he was in his 40s. We don't know. There were too many or there were duplicate birth certificates involving Charles Sonny Liston. Of course, I believe he was born in St. Louis, and he came out of St. Louis, and that's when Johnny Taco met him back in 1952. Liston had gotten out of prison, I think, for, for robbery, and uh, Johnny Taco had met him, and Johnny Taco was running a little gym in St. Louis before moving out to Las Vegas in 1953 or 54, I believe. But he spent some time with Liston in St. Louis. And, you know, everybody tells me that Sonny Liston was a nice guy. They, I mean, they do. Everybody tells me that, except Hall of Famer Larry Merchant. Larry Merchant's got the flip side of that. Larry says that Sonny was a, was a turd, that Sonny was not the guy you wanted to be around. Yet everybody else I've talked to, Said that Sonny was a blast to be around. My boxing mentor, my original boxing mentor, who fought Sonny Liston, the great Eddie Machen, rest in peace. Okay, The heavyweight contender from San Francisco that went over to fight Ingemar Johansson, and what he thought was a gimme fight, and Johansson knocked him out in one round. Of course, Johansson went on to win the World Heavyweight Championship and lose it to Floyd Patterson. But Eddie Machen told me that Sonny Liston was a great guy. Davey Pearl told me Sonny Liston was a great guy. Johnny Taco went to his grave talking about Sonny Liston being a great guy. Everybody I've ran into with the exception of Larry Merchant says that Sonny Liston was a great guy. What does that tell me? I just don't know. People have got differing views on him. Of course, he's a villain, and, and leading up to that fight with Cassius Clay, I mean, he was like vilified in the press, And but some people wanted him to win. Some of the white, believe it or not, some of the white folks, some of the white folks in, in the United States really want to listen to shut that you-know-what's mouth up. Shut that you-know-what's mouth up. Shut it up now. Yeah, Sonny will do it. Sonny will take care of it. So they tuned into the fight, hoping that Ali was going to get knocked out by Sonny Liston. So then, you know, one round goes by, two rounds go by, three rounds go by. You know what? This ain't looking good for Sonny. Sonny's looking awful old, awful slow, hasn't got the footwork, can't cut the ring off, doesn't have the hand speed to match the younger then Cassius Clay. Just didn't have it. He was in over his head, literally in over his head. Okay, much like Johansson was when he was champion, he came over and tried to spar Cassius, Clay, Cassius took him to school. But after three or four rounds, the writing was on the wall. Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay, was the superior athlete. He was going to win this fight. Then came the liniment and they're trying to tell me it was intentional. They put this substance, this monsell solution, the stuff that they use to close cuts. And what it does is it's got these little steel graphite parts in it, and it burns your cuts closed. That's how it, that's what it does. In fact, Iran Barkley, the former middleweight champion, former light heavyweight champion of the 80s, 90s, um, he told me that that Eddie the Aliano used Monsell solution on him, and therefore before he fought Roberto Duran in 1989 and lost that middleweight title in Atlantic City, February of 1989, great fight, 12 rounds, man, he went down in the 12th round it was one of the most. Thrilling fights of all time. But he told me that they used Monsell Solution on the cuts above his eyes. And he was always cutting. He was always bleeding. So before the Duran fight, he had to have surgery to remove all these steel graphites of this Monsell Solution left in his uh, above and below his eyes as far as the scar tissue is concerned. So this is what the Liston corner allegedly put on Sonny Liston's gloves. And when he jabbed Muhammad Ali, it went straight into his eye. And from that point forward, Ali's... Uh, Cassius Clay's vision was blurred. He went back to the corner. He wanted to quit. I mean, uh, Angelo Dundee said, whoa, what do we have here? I mean, here's got, Angelo's got his guy fighting for the World Heavyweight Championship. He's ahead, and he wants to quit. Holy cow. They pushed him off the stool. They got him out there. The rest is history. Cassius Clay, World Heavyweight Champion. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Next up, man with the gloves. Talk about Mr. Seth first off on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Radio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, and the American Forces Network. Hey!
1: 800
10: the experts at web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like they did for these Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can have your website built for free and up and running in as little as seven days. Plus, promote your site on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call now to get your website built for free. If after 30 days you're happy with your new website, we'll continue to provide promotion hosting support and maintenance all for just one low monthly fee if not cancel and pay nothing call 855-254-SITE 855-254-SITE 855-254-7483 or go to web.com radio there is no upfront charge for building the website after which the ongoing fee applies rights to the website are relinquished upon cancellation unless otherwise purchased
0: And right, sends running the canvas. Referee Jersey Joe Walcott trying to get Ali to a neutral
9: corner. Ali yelling at this thing to get up and fight. The An anchor punch. Which punch? Anchor. I call it the anchor
8: punch. Someone stab and fetch it
9: out here? Yeah, man. And people couldn't see it. They It was so fast. Sport Illustrated clocked it. The, they got a slow motion camera. They clocked the punch, and the punch flew at four one-hundredths of a second. You can break a second down to 100 pieces you know how people win a ski race they see won in 16 100s he won in 32 100s of a second so you can break a second down to 100 pieces so you know so, yes quick so four 100 they got a machine that goes like real quick and it counts real quick you know real quick and. But the time that thing hit four, that's how quick, from the time the punch started to where it landed, it was four one-hundredths of a second, which is an eye blink, Like a camera flash, that's four hundredths of a second. Now, the minute I hit Sonny listen, all of those people blinked at that moment. That's why they didn't see <laughs> I swear. Now, if you watch the film close, you got to hold your ass. And keep looking about that. When I say, all right, I'm getting ready to hit him. You can't just, you got to hold your ass and wait. Now, you won't see it, man.
2: forty one minutes past the hour. This is the sports byline broadcast network. iHeartRadio, Sirius XM satellite radio, and a plethora of other internet platforms. Of course, Ring Talk Live Worldwide is the easiest way to listen to the show. You can go to iHeartRadio Live, or you can go to iHeartRadio.com and just like download the app and take Ring Talk anywhere you go, smartphone or via your tablet. Straight up Ring Talk Live Worldwide, thirty plus years now, the longest running fight show in boxing and MMA history. Speaking of history. 1965, who can forget it? I mean, if you were alive, you were watching TV and the the punch. We just heard it. Uh, Muhammad Ali called it the anchor punch, step and fetch it. He threw all kinds of different angles around. Of course, we're talking about the controversy of the Muhammad Ali, Sonny Liston rematch, and Lewiston, Maine. And the man on the line has his, has the gloves, the actual gloves for this fight. Seth Ursoff, how the heck are you?
11: I'm doing good. Actually, I don't have them. They're going to auction um, this coming weekend or next weekend in uh, New York, which is pretty exciting. Um, I had them, but uh, it's time to let them go. Um, uh, find find a hopefully a place in a museum somewhere.
2: Okay, now these, what, what kind of? I'm looking at the gloves right here. What, what brand are they? Fran? What what are they? Uh, they
11: were hand, handmade at the time by Sam Frager. Okay. Um, so it, a little interesting because you know at the, at the, they they were eight ounce gloves and uh, they had to of course weigh the same but if you uh, looked at them, uh, Sonny Liston's hands were so much bigger than right. Muhammad Ali's that um, they literally looked to be 25% bigger than Ali's so in order to get the same size gloves they uh, he had to the, the hand sew and hand make uh, everything and there was so much controversy surrounding the first fight that um, and whether or not uh, Liston had rubbed some kind of astringent or menthol or camper on his gloves that uh, Angelo Dundee made sure to inspect the gloves. And there's even like these faint uh, ink notations on the inside of the thumbs on the gloves themselves where they say, OK, Ange, where he inspected them pre-fight. So it's pretty interesting. Everything about the gloves is fascinating, even the fact that they exist. Nobody thought that they existed. They thought that they were just lost to time.
2: You know what's funny is the, the story of gloves and Cassius Clay, when he won the U.S. Golden Glove Championship out here at the Cow Palace in San Francisco, he fell in love with Ray Flores gloves. And Ray Flores was a glove maker here in Northern California, God rest his soul. But he, made, he measured my hands, and he, he made gloves for me, he made gloves for everybody. And then Ali had to had to dump the uh, Flores gloves when he signed this big contract with Everlast. But he told me one time we were in we were in China in 1994, and he asked me, "Is Ray Flores still alive?" I said, "You remember Ray Flores?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, "No." Ray Flores just wow. Ray Flores made great gloves, but Muhammad Ali and gloves these are probably the most cherished gloves in, in all of sports right now. And of course, uh, now Sonny Liston didn't sign him. Just Muhammad Ali, right? That's correct. Sonny Liston had passed away, and. Uh,
11: Muhammad Ali uh, went on, uh, I believe, two occasions, to Lewiston, Maine, on, on anniversaries of the fight. And uh, he signed uh, both sets of the gloves, um, the, the rights, on, uh, the, on one of those occasions. I believe it was in 1995. So it's, it's pretty interesting. And in fact, speaking of Ali, you know, I, I also own the only life castings of his fists and uh, i hired uh one of the foremost artists of the time and uh, we were fortunate enough because at that time um it 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 took all day this was probably about 15 16 years ago and it was just it's it's just a great item to be able to have something of somebody so great to be able to capture because it, it you know he was still able to make a fist and and he he's just a lovable amazing man um so it's something I cherish as well.
2: You don't have to tell me I spent uh, 10 days with him as his bodyguard, personal yeah. agent, uh, tied his shoes, a whole nine yards. I mean, we had a great run through China. We went to five or six cities, and he was, he was wonderful to be around. They actually paid me to do this stuff, and I would have paid them to do that. I mean, it was an incredible experience. I'll never forget it. And ah, well, you're right. You know, we, we watched him stop traffic. I mean, they didn't even know he was in town and the word got out and, and people would, would stand in front of the train tracks and block the train from coming down the track cause they wanted Ali to get off the train and say hello to everybody. It was crazy over in China, but the worldwide population, he is still, pro- still probably the most recognized person on the planet. Don't you think? I think he absolutely
11: is. And I think that, you know, um, people ask me all the time, you know, you know, why Muhammad Ali? And I think history treated him so well because he dared to define it. Um, you know, that's, the, the, these gloves are the most iconic um, re, 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 the most iconic representation of Ali because of that image of him. And this was the moment in time when Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali. But if you understand this story, I mean, this is an individual that was first considered a joke, and then he was a villain, and then he was a hero, and now he's the most famous person on the planet. I think that sums it all up. This kid from Louisville, Kentucky, who ignored all the odds, who defeated injustice and tolerance at all costs, the courage of his convictions and who grows up and he becomes a three-time champion of the world, he simply is and remains the greatest of all time.
2: We're talking with Seth Ersoff, folks. We're talking about the the big auction going on. February, when, 21st? 21st in New York City, Heritage Auction House.
11: Um, You can go online, um, Heritage Auctions online. Um, It's amazing. They already have their first bid in, which is extremely unusual. Um for an auction of this size I, I I hear it's the largest opening bid in the history of sports memorabilia um so it's 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 remarkable. I think that these will shatter any records um of course, I believe that that these gloves are priceless but um, it, it's it's remarkable, and it's a testament to the greatness of this man,
2: Seth. The world of memorabilia, sports memorabilia. I mean, fifteen or twenty years ago, I knew a lot of guys were making big money doing this, and then somehow it just like the air came out of it. What happened to that? I think that unfortunately there was a lot of um, people that were
11: um, fakes. Um, it wasn't regulated. Um, You know, much like sports, much like boxing, much like MMA. Unfortunately, the wrong people were trusted. Um, You have good people who want good things, and and um, they um, are sold a, a, a bill of goods. Um, you know, there's guys like Muhammad Ali who, you know, never charged for an autograph in their life. And then there's guys, you know, that um, are, you know, out there, uh, you know, scribbling his name on things. Um, you know, it, 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 it's incredible, even these gloves. You know, I, I heard a rumor about them from... Um, from Frank Stallone, ironically, Sylvester Stallone's brother, who happens to be one of the foremost boxing historians, and um, when I heard about them, you know, I uh, hopped on a plane to New York and from New York to Lewiston, Maine. And you know, spent a spent a week, but you know, it really was. Uh, after I purchased them, it, you know, it, it took years and thousands of photographs to you know um, compare stitch by stitch, label by label. I was on the phone with Angelo Dundee. Uh, I mean, everything to just absolutely make sure, even though you know that these were the gloves. Um, and um, so, I mean, there's there's just a lot of uh, things to avoid in the business.
2: Sonny Liston was found dead in bed, nude, with his shorts down around his ankles. What does that tell you? Uh, well, I don't know much. I, I think
11: that he's a tragic figure, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Um, I was
2: uh, trying to make a pun there, and you went in the wrong direction on me there, Seth. But anyway, the bottom line is, you know, I, he, listen, I talked about what a great guy he was. The only guy that doesn't think that Sonny Liston was a good guy is Larry Merchant. I mean, I knew, uh, 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 I knew Johnny Taco, who was basically his last trainer. I mean, I knew all those people in Vegas. They were all tight with him. The, the, the bellboy I mentioned earlier, of course, the, the, the referee that refereed the, the Tommy hearn Sugary Leonard fight. I can't think of his name right now. But he, of course, handled all of Sonny's business at the end. And everybody said that Sonny was a great guy to be around except Larry Merchant. And Larry oh, Merchant—
11: w what, what, if Larry Merchant ever wanted to um, lace him up and get in the ring, I think then he should be able to talk. But um, I'm not a big fan of critics, unless they ever uh, got in the ring and 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 uh, and uh, had the experience to to say something. But from uh, from all I know, you know, um, and heard, I, I mean, he belongs. There's a lot of there's a lot of great boxers that don't haven't gotten the respect that they they've deserved. Um, and there's a lot of um, mediocre fighters that have, you know, I've, I believe, gotten a lot more respect than, than they've deserved. Um, and certainly, uh, if you knew his story, it's a very, very sad one. Anybody who wants to read that book, The Devil and Sonny uh, Liston by Nick Toshes, um, would uh, um, really be heartfelt.
2: There are a bunch of books out. One in recent about how the the Nation of Islam supposedly kidnapped Sonny's wife the day of the fight and things like that. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of rumors going around. It's sort of like the JFK assassination. Will we ever know?
11: I don't think so. I mean, I've studied and studied and studied that fight. Um, I I think that it's clear that he got hit. Um, I think you could see that his heels lifted the ground. But I think that what really happened, in my opinion, for what little it's worth, which is just a little bit more than many merchants, is that Ali played chess when everybody else was playing checkers. And he created a carnival atmosphere everywhere he went. It was a circus. And they had Jersey Joe Walcott, who was the referee, which is kind of like what would happen in the WWE today. Yep. You know, you had a celebrity referee, you know, refereeing a heavyweight prize fight. Now, a fighter's supposed to go to the neutral corner when there's a knockdown. And Ali did not go to the neutral corner. And... So he was coming, and he was taunting, as as he was um, in that iconic photograph. He was right over Sonny Liston. Now, that should have stopped the count. Clearly, Sonny Liston got up to fight. And then somebody, I believe it was the guy from Ring Magazine. Nat Fleischer. It's been too long. So then somebody notified um, Joe Walcott that it's been over 10 seconds, and he stops the fight. So I think that that's where it just went a little uh, haywire.
2: Nat Fleischer stopped the fight of Ring Magazine. Now, the auction is the 21st of February. What's the online website so you can go look at this?
11: Heritage Auctions.
2: Heritage Auctions? That's correct. Seth Ursaff, a pleasure, man. You know your stuff. I appreciate your time and very the better, very best of luck with this auction and Get back to us afterwards.
11: It was my pleasure speaking to you, and good luck to you.
2: And say hello to Frank Stallone. He's been on the show in the past. So, Frank, give him my best. I will do so. Take care. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. This hour, you're inside looking to the world of boxing. Seth Ursoff, owner of the gloves. That's just the word, the gloves. The gloves that Muhammad Ali knocked out Sonny Liston with in 1965. Up for auction. Heritage Auctions, February 21st, 2015. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, and, of course, the American Forces Network.
0: One can have a dream, babe. Two can make a dream so real, One can talk about being in love.
1: Two can say how it feels. Well, one can wish upon a star. Two can make a wish come true, yeah.
7: your process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid an attorney spokesperson.
12: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California Blue goo a try call one 888 330 and you'll receive a one week supply of blue goo absolutely free the makers of blue goo are even paying the shipping the number again is one 888 330 if you want more information on blue goo visit online at www.dothegoo.com
4: now available at select big five stores near you health
6: insurance is on everybody's mind right now you either don't have it Or you have it and you think it's too expensive. And you probably feel like you don't have any options. We can help. We are the Health Markets Insurance Agency. We offer health insurance plans from major carriers nationwide and likely have a plan that can save you money. Whether you're self-employed, on a COBRA plan that's about to expire, Or You simply don't have health insurance where you work and you need it. The Health Markets Insurance Agency can help you. Our agents will help you find coverage you can afford. Health Markets Insurance Agency is an authorized agency in all 50 states, including the District of Columbia. Plans may not be available in all states. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242 800-614-1242
0: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez And that was from that plate around the
7: corner You know, the rope a that was a little bit of the rope a but he was a dope so he got down Oh, that's
4: a good
9: sign. I saw
0: her singing the rain my
2: favorite warm-up song for the show, I kid you not. A live version of uh, the Council. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing this hour. In the next hour, at many of these same sports byline stations, we will uh, discuss the world of mixed martial arts, plus the steroid epidemic or the pandemic. Call it what you want, man, but everybody's coming up dirty. Why? They're testing. If you test, guys are going to get caught. But guess what? Because guys cheat. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, we go live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And then Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, we go live on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. So we've got all kinds of different opportunities if you listen to the show week in and week out. You can go to iHeartRadio. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio Live. You can download the iHeartRadio app. Take iHeartRadio anywhere you go. Take Ring Talk on your smartphone, your tablet, anywhere you go, 24-7. Just download the iHeartRadio app at iHeartRadio.com. Straight up, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather doesn't look all that good. I've been trying to tell you this, guys, this for months, okay? It's sort of like, it's just like a, it's a non-factor anymore. Nobody really cares. I mean, yeah, some of these diehard boxing fans care, but for the most part, people have just moved on. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Besides, it's four years too late. These guys are old. What are we going to Put Pacquiao and Mayweather, roll them to the ring at the MGM Grand in wheelchairs? Give them crutches? What's next? Anyway, they're ancient. When you combine their ages, like 73, 74 years old. Two fighters with a combined age of 74 putting up a great fight? Probably not. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live worldwide. Don't forget the website 247 R I N G T A L K ringtalk.com. Till next time, Keep your hands up, keep your chin down, but most importantly, don't forget Ring Talk.